0: Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I hope you all are having an amazing week and an amazing Wednesday. I am so excited for you all to hear today's episode. I am joined by Ilana Dunn. She is the host of the podcast Seeing Other People, which is an amazing podcast. If you guys haven't listened to that podcast, go check it out. It's one of my favorites, as well as the host of Screening for Love on Snapchat. She is a perfect person to talk to about relationships. She has so much great insight, and I loved talking with her today. And I know that you guys are going to love this conversation. We talked all all about relationships we went everywhere we talked about moving in with your partner best friends and their relationships with our partners how to handle your singleness and so much more this is definitely a packed episode with so many fun topics relating to dating and relationships and we also got to learn a little bit more about Alana herself I talked to her about how she handles the things that she's doing how she doesn't get overwhelmed and just her life and other passions that she has besides dating and relationships I love talking with her she's such a kind-hearted person you can tell that she really cares and loves what she does and just a super easy person to talk to you had really good energy so I know that you guys will all love this episode just as much as I did I just want to remind you all to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on any feedback is good feedback I want to hear what you guys love don't like anything like that and anything that you want to see on the podcast also share and remember to follow the Instagram at real radiant with two t's where I'm posting seeing daily podcast updates as well as lifestyle yoga wellness tips so definitely a lot of good information over on instagram and also if you prefer to watch the podcast in video format all the podcasts are uploaded to youtube so you can also watch them there and you can also listen to the episodes on our website RealRadiant.me. i'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode and without further ado here's alana Hi, Alana. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. So the big question of the podcast that I like to just start with right off the bat is what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that?
1: So this is something I definitely heard from my mom throughout my childhood, but it never really impacted me until Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Um, and I never really like listened to it until I was in high school. And that quote is, if you don't ask, you don't get, and this has truly like changed so many things for me, starting with like when the the college I went to, I Mm -hmm. wasn't initially accepted into the program that I wanted at the school that I was interested in. And, my mom was like, why don't you just go to admissions and tell them they made a mistake and that they should reconsider you. And I'm like, that's absolutely batshit crazy. Like nobody does that. And that would never work. They'd like laugh at me. And she's like, well, Alana, like, if you don't ask, you don't get, and you better learn that at some point in your life. So we went and I told them and they let me like reapply. And then they accepted me into the Mm -hmm. best communication school in the country. So after that, I was like, oh, my mom might have a point here. And I've really kind of stuck with that quote in mind throughout getting any internship or job, or mm-hmm. even trying to figure out like my dating life and trying to figure out what someone was looking for, or not looking for. It really is like, if you don't ask, you don't get, cause you can't assume that other people know what you want to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you always want to put yourself out there and really you owe it to yourself to set yourself up for success.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love that. And it kind of reminds me of the quote. I think Chris Jenner said this where she said, if you're asking someone and their answer is no, then you're just asking the wrong person too. So it kind of they kind of go hand in hand. I love hand. that. Love yeah. that. There's always just if you have the guts to ask, then you there's always ways around it to getting what you truly want. So I really like that. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do give your whole elevator pitch. Yes. So
1: I am 27 years old. I live in New York city on the upper East side. I am a dog mom and I do consider that to be a full-on personality trait. So I have a one-year-old dog. (laughs) Um, but besides that, I am the host of the dating and relationships podcast, seeing other people, um, that ended up, starting, I worked at hinge for a little over two years. And when I was there, I was making a lot of content, trying to help people, you know, figure out their dating lives and make dating a little bit easier. And I started a podcast for them. And it was really this moment of like, Oh my God, this is what I love doing. Like, this is Mm -hmm. what I'm meant to do. This is where I can apply everything I've been through and everything that I've learned and actually help people feel less alone and more empowered in their dating lives. So I've been doing seeing other people since um January 2021
0: and it's been amazing. Yeah. I love your podcast by the way. It's so good. Thank you. I was listening to it this morning while working out and it's just like it's just so relatable the things that you guys talk about because And it's so needed. We need honest conversations like that to really make us feel like what we're going through isn't isolating, you know? So I really love that, but you talk a lot about relationships and I really want to know more about you and how you got to that point in your life, like throughout your childhood was relationships, something that you always just gravitated towards, or is that just kind of what happened?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Not at all. Actually, it was something where like, I mean, I had a boyfriend in high school and then like Mm -hmm. in college, I like tried to date people. No one really wanted to like be in serious things, but I was never like a dating expert by any means growing up. Like it's not like people would necessarily come to me because they had the answers. It was more like my friends would confide in me because I was a good listener and because I'd be really curious and I'd like be there for them. So like if they were struggling with something with someone they liked or someone they were dating, they knew that they could talk my ear off for 5 hours about it and I wouldn't be annoyed. I would just be like, "Okay, like how can we kind of make this a better situation? Like what can we do?" And so I never expected to end up in like the dating and relationships world. I mean, if you had told me even like four years ago that I would be doing this for a living. I would have laughed in your face. Um, I was working in the music business actually, and making, I was kind of doing like a little bit of photography, videography, social media, graphic design, stuff like that for artists and bands. And that was because my passion growing up was truly like music and the Jonas Brothers specifically. And so I wanted to use my career to help people fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling really connected to their favorite artisan and, bands. and I realized very quickly that the music industry is an incredibly toxic environment. Um, and that I wasn't going to be helping people in the way I wanted and I might never had have had the chance to get there. Like mm-hmm. so few people actually end up in a position where they're able to do that. And so Long story short, I got very burnt out very quickly. I ended up feeling like really miserable at some point. I literally stopped listening to music and I was mm-hmm. like, what else can I do with the skills that I have and the things that I'm passionate about? And I was really lost for a while, but I was applying to jobs and this job at hinge came up and it was, or for their video and content producer, I had all of the right skills. Um, I had never talked about dating before Mm -hmm. in a professional way, but I was like, no, I'm super interested in this. Like, and I am hinges biggest user right now. So this makes sense. And I ended up getting the job and it really threw me into the world of talking about dating. Um, Mm -hmm. But for a while, I made a really strict rule for myself that I was not going to talk about my personal life whatsoever, because I didn't want anyone to not want to date me because of what I did for a living. And Mm -hmm. so for the first like year, I kept it very, very surface level. Like nobody knew a thing about my dating life. I like, I did not want. To talk about it publicly i didn't know how to talk about it publicly i was still getting used to even like being on camera and then there was kind of one thing that happened where about a year into my job i was going through a breakup and i was having a really difficult time and i was like and i, I recorded this video while i was in this hotel room after we broke up and i was like hysterically crying and i was like you guys like i know you're always asking me for advice but i'm gonna turn the tables here like i'm really struggling Any like words of encouragement or any tips you have for getting through breakups, like, please let me know. And me posting that video on the Hinge Instagram story, all of a sudden, like there were hundreds of DMs of people being like, oh my God, Alana, thank you for posting this. Like, I am going through the same thing and I feel so much better knowing that I'm not alone. And like, it was just this light bulb moment of people being like you posting this really real thing made me feel better, made me feel Mm -hmm. seen or understood. Um, and then I was like, wait a second, like I need to be doing this because this is really what can help people. And that's like Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do all along. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love that a lot. And especially because especially nowadays, like with all the content that's out there, a lot of it can get so mundane. Like everyone just seems to be posting the same thing. So then when there's finally a person who's just completely transparent about what they're going through, how their life actually is. It's so refreshing. And then it's definitely true that people gravitate towards that. So it definitely was probably an opening door within your career and what you're doing now. Exactly. And so like throughout all this time and throughout this process, because imposter syndrome is such a big thing nowadays, how have you felt that or like dealt with that? Cause it's hard. Oh my God.
1: How haven't I, it's yes. really hard. It is something that I definitely struggle with more so in a sense of like, it's not like, oh my God, am I like good enough to be doing this? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a while it's funny. Cause like, I don't listen to my own podcast episodes. Like I can't, I literally mm-hmm. can't, I judge myself way too much. So it's like that, I kind of am like, okay, like I'm going to do the work and then I'm going to put it out there. And clearly it's working. So I don't need to like be hard on myself, but it's more so like, I feel like there's this constant pressure to be doing more and to always be growing and to always be getting more followers and more downloads. And then it's like, I'll hit a milestone and I'll be like, wait a second. Like, how did this happen? Or like people will send me messages being like, oh my God, like this episode is exactly what I needed to hear. Like, thank you. And I'm like, they're not thanking me, you know, Mm -hmm. like this isn't something that I did that helped them. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've felt it a lot lately in doing like brand partnerships and Mm -hmm. sponsored content where it's like, I feel like I can't, like, I'm not good enough to be doing this stuff. And anytime Mm -hmm. I have a brand and they're paying me to like create something, I literally have a full on breakdown because I'm like, there are such high expectations. They're paying me actual money. What Mm -hmm. if they don't like it? What if it doesn't perform well? Like, why are they letting me do this? I'm not good enough to be doing this. And that's been really, really difficult for me.
0: Mm -hmm. How have you kind of like been able to work through that? Do you just push through it and do it? Or do you have any tips or coping strategies?
1: At the end of the day, I push through and do it. Um, Mm -hmm. It involves a lot of like me freaking out beforehand and kind of putting it off to the last minute, but I've gotten to a point where I'm really like, okay, this is no different than the other things that I'm doing and that I've done. And that has worked. It's just that I'm doing it for a brand. And Mm -hmm. I think kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, they are. They want to work with me because they Mm -hmm. like the content that I make. It's not like I have to be different or do something that I'm not already doing. And sometimes it's like, I I feel like when there's like an exchange of money, that's what kind of makes it different where I'm like, well, they're paying me. I need to provide them with something. And it's like, well, I am. And I have Mm -hmm. to remember that, like I am posting something I'm putting my name, my face, saying that I use this product. I like this thing, whatever it is. Um, and I'm putting it out there to people. And so it's like, it's just remembering that like, there's a reason that they reached out. There's a reason that they wanted to work with you. Like you're like, they're working with you because they like what you do. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm still honestly like struggling with it and working Mm -hmm. through it. So I don't really have a specific answer. Um, but that's where I'm at.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think it's probably anytime we do something outside of our comfort zones that we're not used to, like you're used to doing your podcasts and doing things besides brand deals. So then when this new element comes into it, it's like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? But then eventually you'll get to a point where it's normal, you know? I hope. I hope (laughs) so. (laughs) So if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what else would you be doing? Like, do you have any other passions or interests besides like the dating world podcasting?
1: Yes. I love photography. Um, and that passion started, I think in like middle school. So my family mm-hmm. growing up, like we would travel, like go on vacations a lot. And my dad always had his like big DSLR camera and would take a million pictures. And he always now tells me and tells everyone he knows that one day I took the camera and I never gave it back. (laughs) And I developed this like really, really strong passion for photography. And I ended up actually like combining that with my passion for music. And so for Mm -hmm. a while I was like photographing concerts and bands and, and performances and stuff like that. And I loved that. But at the end of the day, like I always think about, well, do I want to go back to photography? Like I've been photographing, like a lot of my friends are getting engaged now. So their boyfriends turning fiancés are asking me to like photograph their engagements. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, like the proposals. I'm like, Oh, like maybe I should like be doing this. And then, but then it's like, I don't know. Cause it's, it's tough because a lot of those things would be like nights and weekends. And again, I feel like there's so much pressure involved. Like what Mm if it like, what if I don't get the shot, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know, but I definitely like have always loved photography and it's something that I do end up like going back to. And whenever I do pick up my camera and have it with me, like I feel so happy and full of joy. Mm-hmm. So I do think that's something that I would be doing if I wasn't doing this.
0: Yeah. Just, and maybe down the road, kind of incorporating it into your life more and yeah, finding a place to fit it in. Cause it's important Absolutely. to have that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. So with what you do, do you feel a lot of pressure within yourself to have the perfect dating life or are you kind of more on the side of, no, I want something fun. So that way I can talk to people about it. Cause I know you're in a relationship now, so yes. it may be a little different, but
1: my dating life was very, very, very far from perfect. I always <laughs> really wanted to meet someone. Like I wanted to be in a relationship. I did not like being single. Um, but I was single for a very long time. And it was funny because when I got to Hinge and I was like in this role talking about dating, I literally asked my manager a few months in when I started like talking to some guy that I liked being like, wait, am I allowed to have a boyfriend? Because I truly Mm -hmm. wasn't sure. And she was like, oh my God, Alana, what? Obviously. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's more so like I have just had so many ups and downs in my dating life and in previous relationships that, I want to be real about those. Like, I don't think there's no such thing as the perfect dating life. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no such thing as it all working out and going really smoothly. And to say like, oh, I want to show off that I have the perfect, like dating life, the perfect relationship. Like Mm -hmm. that would just be doing everyone a disservice. I think my whole thing is showing that like dating is really, really difficult and Mm -hmm. relationships are also difficult. Like you're building a life with somebody. Um, So that being said, like I've been in a relationship for a year and a half and we have a wonderful relationship. It's an incredibly healthy relationship, Mm -hmm. but I think it's incredibly healthy because of how much I've learned from the unhealthy situations I've been in, in the past.
0: So how do you recommend people who are moving in together, like couples deal with moving in together, spending a lot more time together and not getting overwhelmed by all the changes in their lives?
1: Yeah, that is a great question. I've actually been asking a lot of people that question because really? my boyfriend, Jake, is moving in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely been at top of mind for me. I can't speak from personal experience because it hasn't happened yet. But mm-hmm. it seems like the most important thing is making two things. One, making sure you're still maintaining your independence. You're still going to your workout classes, going for walks, seeing your friends, you know, you Mm -hmm. still have to have your life and that's going to help build like stability. You know, it's not going to be this huge change where you're suddenly like only spending time with your partner. Like, no, you Mm -hmm. have to completely maintain your own life. Um, and the other thing is like, I've had this with roommates and I've heard this from people where it's like, because you're, living with the person, it almost feels like, well, I always see them. So I don't need to make plans with them because I need to make plans with other people because I'm not always seeing these other people. And I'm always seeing this person I live with. And you have to remember that your relationship still needs attention, still needs love. Like you still need to be planning date nights. You still need to be planning like to go out to dinner and to go do things outside of the apartment. Otherwise it becomes so mundane and it becomes so like repetitive and you don't get to enjoy the things that you used to enjoy together.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Cause I I really wanted to ask you this because I just moved in with my boyfriend. It's been a month and it's been, it's been good. You know, we've, we've been together for long periods of time where i we both had our separate places, but we would stay together in Mm -hmm. one place for longer periods of time but never this and a lot of people talk about this where usually the woman will fall into the role of being more of like the mom where she's like doing the laundry cooking all the meals making Uh sure his lunch is all packed and all that kind of kind of stuff and like that's definitely one thing that I'm trying to find a happy medium between between like taking care of everything because that's naturally like as a person who's organized kind of like type a, like I want everything to be done a certain way, but then also not stepping into that role of being his mom. And then also not being naggy because I don't want to tell him like, Hey, can you do this stuff? You know, help contribute. So
1: yeah, that's a funny point. Like the mom aspect of it. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's something where like, you do need to remember to set boundaries. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can't just have one person doing everything. That's not fair. And that's not fun. And like the one person will end up growing to resent them for that. So Mm -hmm. I think it's something where it's like, okay, I'll handle the dishes. You'll handle the laundry. Or why don't we switch off every week? Like every Sunday I'll do laundry. Then you'll do laundry. Um, I have friends who recently moved in together who have a dog and they say they, they know the specific days of the week that each of them is doing like the morning shift and the night shift. And so they Mm -hmm. switch off so that, It like one person does like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The other person does Tuesday, Thursday and the weekend. That way it, there is a balance and it's not just one person being responsible for everything.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah definitely definitely good points because we're both in relationships so we're obviously not on dating apps and things like that but with dating apps I feel like there's kind of been a shift where more people are they're still using them but maybe not as seriously as they were when they first came out and do you see kind of like a shift happening where the dating apps are moving more towards networking platforms so you know where they're like meeting people for jobs or friends how do you view that
1: I think there are people who are just sick of relying on the dating apps for dating. Mm -hmm. And I do definitely see a shift of people being like, I don't wanna use dating apps anymore. I wanna meet people in real life. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know that people are like trying to network on like Hinge and Tinder. I mean, definitely Mm -hmm. like there's like Bumble BFF and I think there is an aspect of Bumble Bumble business and stuff. And I think for those Mm -hmm. people, feel more comfortable at this point, like in 2022, using those for those purposes. Whereas a few years ago that felt like pretty taboo and like weird. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like if anything, people are just frustrated with like, okay, they went through the whole pandemic where they couldn't really meet people in person. So they were like overusing dating apps and then the world opened back up and then the world kind of shut down a bit. So they had to go back Mm -hmm. on dating apps. And now they're like, okay, no. I want to go out and I want to meet people in real life. And I don't want to be doing it on the
0: apps anymore. Mm -hmm. And do you think, because dating apps are really based on validation, you know, like getting people to swipe right on us, to like us, get super likes, all that kind of stuff. So how do you think that women can kind of prevent the need to seek male validation through things like that, or just in general?
1: Oh my God. What a question. (laughs) It's tough because yes, it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm like having, I'm feeling really bad about myself. Like, let me go see how many matches I can get. But -hmm. at the same time, like you have to, you can't put that much weight. Like I understand it's validating. It's the same thing with like posting on Instagram when you're having a bad day because you want to see like likes and comments come in about how like great you look and stuff. I do Mm -hmm. that all the time. Who doesn't? But it's like, you have to know that that is such a band aid, and it's ultimately hurting you in the end because you're not actually fixing like the internal problem that you're dealing with. You're not actually finding ways to love yourself more. You're just putting it on other people to give you validation where you might not even get it. And then you might end up feeling worse, you know?
0: Yeah. Have you struggled with that a lot? Like throughout your past history before you were in a relationship?
1: Not necessarily with dating, I think, but definitely mm-hmm. like what I mentioned before, like if I'm having a shitty day, like that is what I'm posting on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I'm trying to be like, no, like my life is great. And it's not even like I'm trying to show other people that it's more like to prove to myself, which is mm-hmm. like super weird and makes no sense. But I feel like a lot of us do that. And I even see like friends doing that with their relationships, where it's like if they get in a fight with their boyfriend, then they're like updating their profile picture to Mm. a new picture of the two of them. Or they're posting on Instagram, like a picture of the two of them at a a wedding from a few weeks ago. And I'm just like, you're literally in a fight right now. Yeah. You're telling the world like, hey, everything's so great. We love each other so much.
0: Okay. Yeah. I want to know what are your thoughts on that too? Because there's like the saying or the concepts that the couples that post on social media a ton usually are the couples that are the most unstable, you know, fight the most. Do you think that is truth to that?
1: I think there's truth to that. If the person was not previously a constant poster, you know, Mm -hmm. if they were not always posting things, like if somebody is super active on their social media and then they get a boyfriend or a, a partner, whoever it is, and they are suddenly like posting a lot of content with them that's fine. Cause that's consistent. Mm -hmm. But if the person like was like would post like once a month or every other month or something, and suddenly it's like every single time they go somewhere with their partner, they're posting them. That's Mm -hmm. either like, yeah, there's something going on behind the scenes. That's like not great. Or they're trying to be like, I feel like me having this partner makes me more worthy and like makes other people think, Highly of me, so I need to keep showing them that I still have this partner. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Do you think that could also be a sign of maybe codependency within the relationship?
1: Yeah, absolutely, definitely.
0: Yeah. And for you, and like throughout your experience with dating and being in a relationship now, how have you find found a healthy balance between like sharing parts of your relationship with other people, either through social media or in person, or keeping things private?
1: It's interesting because Mm -hmm. I, so when Jake and I started dating, okay. So when I was single, I would never, when I decided to start talking about my dating life, I would never Mm -hmm. give enough away where somebody would be able to figure out who the guy was, you know, especially if like, we weren't serious. It was more so like, Oh, like I went on a date and like, this thing happened or like, this is how I feel after the situation or like, oh, this thing ended. And I'm like really struggling Mm -hmm. because of X, Y, Z. It was more so about how it was impacting me as opposed Mm -hmm. to like who the person was, what they were saying, like the things we were doing, stuff like that. Then when I started dating Jake, he was from the get-go, like listening to the podcast every week and like bringing up like his thoughts on the episodes and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, like at what point? am I going to like start talking about that? I like met this guy but at the same time. I was like, well, I'm not going to do that until I know if he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely made sure it was something that he was like totally comfortable with. And when I asked, I don't even know if I asked first, I actually think he was like, when are you going to start talking about me on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Green light. Yes. I can. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Like he's definitely a trooper about it. Like he's been on episodes. We're very open about our relationship. Um, mm-hmm. I don't talk about my sex life at all. I never have. I'm super uncomfortable talking about that. And mm-hmm. I think it's something that like the world does not need to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, it's like things that are really like deep and serious and stuff like in my relationship, like that's going to stay for us, you know, like the world doesn't mm-hmm need to know that my friends don't need to know that. Um, Mm -hmm. it's definitely a balance, but I always want to think about like, okay, does it benefit someone to hear this? Does it hurt him or I, if we share this? Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, I can also always talk about experiences that I'm having and just say that, oh, like a friend is going through this thing, you know? Mm And so sometimes I'll do that too, where it's like, I can still talk about it and get the point across, but people don't need to know that it's me.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like what you said about asking the questions though, to yourself, like, is this going to benefit me or my partner? And is it going to be helpful to the situation? Because so often I think we get into points where we're like either fighting with our partners and we just want to share, we just want to vent to people. And then we do that. But, and then after we're probably like, sometimes thinking to ourselves, Oh, why did I give all that information out? I regret doing that. So it's, it's good to just take a step back, a breather and just know that, or just ask yourself if what I'm saying going to be helpful to the situation.
1: Exactly. And it's the same thing. People always ask this, like about being vulnerable versus oversharing on Mm -hmm. early dates. And I think Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's like, well, like sometimes we really want to like unload on someone and dump things on them and bend, but on a, date, like in the first few dates, you have to think about like, okay, why am I saying this thing? Am I saying this? Because I think it makes me sound like cool or, or badass or like emotionally mature, emotionally available. Like, or am I saying this thing because I want to talk about it, but like, maybe I could talk to my therapist about it or a friend about it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, am I saying this thing? Because I think they'll get to know me better because of it. Or they'll get to learn this part of me that's really important because of it. And Mm -hmm. that's the question that like, if the answer is yes, then it's being vulnerable and it's not oversharing. But if the Mm -hmm. answer is like, no, I kind of just like want to talk about it. Or like, I've had a really stressful situation with my friend and I need to talk to like a third party about it. Like your date is probably not the best third party.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good one where you need to find balance because with going on first dates and things like that you obviously want to get to a place where they know you and you're not leading them on where after you tell them certain information they could be like okay why didn't you tell me this sooner like I'm kind of offended that I didn't know this and you don't want to have that kind of happen but then at the same time you want to block your like guard your heart and make sure that you're not giving the other person too much information too soon so it's a good a good thing that you have to find balance with
1: yeah exactly
0: and so For this question, do you think that there's like an appropriate relationship between boyfriends and friends or like girlfriends and friends, like maybe your best friend and their relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend?
1: Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I, that's a great question. I think that honestly, at the end of the day, I think it depends on the friend. I think mm-hmm. it depends on your level of trust with the friend. Obviously like you want your partner and your friends to get along, but like, would I want him hanging out with like specific friends where it's like, that seems weird. And I like, don't really mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Like, it just seems a little sketchy. Like, no, but then it's like, I have a bucket of friends where it's like, if they were to just like grab a drink or like hang out or like hang out for an hour before I get there. Like, that'd be so fun for me. And like, I want Mm -hmm. them to be best friends, you know? So I think there is definitely a balance, but I also think it's like, it totally depends on the friend Mm -hmm. and your history with the friend. And if you really trust the friend, because I do think sometimes people will be like, well, what if they're like talking shit about me? Or what if they're like, he's like, Stress and wanted like her opinion on something relating Mm -hmm. to me, like that, if you're ever thinking that, like that might not be good. And that's going to bring out a lot Mm -hmm. of insecurities. And then you're going to end up like, you don't want to be afraid to ask your partner or your friends, like, what were you guys talking about? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it really depends on like the friends that you are really like your people and, and who you trust. Like, yeah, I think that, it's definitely like it's, it could be a mixed bag, but I also think it's important for your friends and your partner to get along. Uh, Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how would you recommend that maybe you're a friend to someone who's in a bad relationship to approach that, that situation? Like, would you try and stay out of it and let your friend figure it out or try and get in the middle of it? Cause, cause it can be hard when you're in a relationship, you're blinded by love, obviously. So when other people approach you with that information that, and say, you know, maybe this relationship isn't the best for you, it can be really hard to actually believe what they're saying and not get offended.
1: Absolutely. It's a really, really difficult and delicate situation. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends. Like your question is like, if they are in a, like a bad relationship, Mm-hmm. You have to make sure that the reason you're saying something is because you truly think it's a bad relationship, not just because you don't like the person. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like them, it's probably not worth mentioning. Because guess what? If they are in this new relationship and they are obsessing over this person, mm-hmm. they are not going to want to hear you out. They're just mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, Alana, bad now because Mm -hmm. she said this and now I'm not going to talk to her about my partner. I'm not going to invite her to things. I'm kind of going to close her out the door because she doesn't support this. And this is everything to me right now. Um, I think it's something where. If it's truly because you think the relationship is unhealthy and negatively impacting your friend, then yeah, you as a friend owe it to your friend to say something, but you have to approach it in a really, really sensitive way. Like you said, like people have rose colored glasses, you know, it's really hard to see past the the surface level of what's happening and the excitement of like, oh, I met somebody who wants to be with me. And I think it's saying like sitting them down alone and being like, I've been thinking a lot about this and I'm really scared to bring it up, but. I love you and I'm looking out for you. And that's why I'm saying this. And I feel like from what I've seen and like you have to list specific examples, Mm -hmm. otherwise they're gonna just think you're attacking them. I don't know if this is like the right person for you or like, I feel like this person is making you feel X, Y, Z way or making you act X, Y, Z way. And I'm not sure if you realize it, And I totally understand if like you disagree, if you don't want to hear it, but I'm just letting you know, like, if you do want to talk about it, I'm here for you. If you do decide like that, you agree with me in any way. And like, I'm here for you. And if at the end of the day, you decide to stay, I support you and I'm here for you. And if at the end of the day, it doesn't work out, I'm still here for you. Like, that's what you have to do. Cause I've been on the other side of that. I've been the person in the really bad relationship who had the rosiest glasses on and mm-hmm. would not see past it. And all of my friends told me they were concerned. All of my friends told me that I should get out. But my friends were literally saying like, Alana, we've never seen you this upset. Like, Alana, we do not like how he treats you. Alana this is not good. Like, you're not okay. And I pushed them all away, mm-hmm. but they didn't actually let me push them away. Like they, they were still there for me at the end of the day when it did crash and burn. And I was literally in like the worst place I've ever been. They were still there for me and they Mm -hmm. weren't resentful that I pushed them away. They understood what I was going through, but they want, they just kept reminding me like, listen, like we are here for you. And we're here to talk. We're here. If you want to cry, we're here if you want to go for a walk, like whatever it is, like we're here for you. And that's something that I really, really needed. And like I said, like, I didn't listen to them. You know, I stayed in it. I think in the back of my mind, I knew it was a bad situation too, but I still, I didn't want to believe it. And I didn't want to accept that. So Mm -hmm. it's really a matter of going about it in a sensitive way, thinking about why you're doing it. If you're going to say something and then just reminding your friend that like, no matter what they do, like you support them and you're there for them.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no there's so much truth to that to the fact that we know deep down when we're on the receiving end of like hey this relationship isn't good for you because i've been in the same situation where i was in a bad relationship it wasn't severely toxic or anything like he wasn't abusive or anything like that but it was just bad and people around me could see that and they would always come to me and say like you shouldn't be with him like what are you doing you know just from their heart, you know, it wasn't coming out of a place of like, oh, we just hate this person. Right. They're just looking out for you. And you know, deep down that when people are telling you that that there's truth to it, when it actually is about a relationship, but we just don't want to acknowledge it. Yeah.
1: And a lot of times your friends can see things that you can't, or they'll notice Mm -hmm. things before you're able to, because Mm -hmm. you're caught up in the excitement in Mm -hmm. the, like being stepped off your feet in the fact that you've been looking for somebody and here's somebody, you know, (laughs) um, but that doesn't always mean it's a good situation. And I think just, I, I feel like I've learned so much from unfortunately going through really terrible situations, but at the same time I had to go through those situations to like get to where I am now. And it's funny, like people will ask me like, do I wish, like, if I could go back in time, would I undo it? Like, would I take it back? Would I not have gotten into those situations? And it's like, I can't say that I'd undo it or take it back because they truly made me who I am today Mm -hmm. and made me like figure out my worth and know how to build myself back up and know what, An unhealthy relationship is and what a healthy relationship is. But at the same time, like it was really, really, really tough.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think situations like that are really just, they're kind of like coming of age moments that everybody has to go through it. Everybody has to experience it. So that way they know when you're in a bad relationship and when you're in a good relationship. Like you can see the polarity between the two and actually realize, okay, what I'm in right now is. Good for me, or what I'm in right now is bad for me, and I need to change.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so, a lot of people listening to this right now may be like, "Okay, I'm not in a relationship, or I haven't experienced that, or something." And how would you help comfort the people who are single and are maybe struggling with their singleness? Because I involved in a place like that where we are single and things may not seem to be working out. So we would just want to get to a place where we're in a relationship and almost a desperation to, to be in a relationship. So how would you kind of comfort people through those moments?
1: Yeah. So a few things one know that just because it hasn't worked out doesn't mm-hmm. mean that it's not going to work out. Like I know it's so hard to remember when you're like, you're going on date after date and you're getting ghosted each time, or it's just like a terrible date, or it's not the right fit, or you have nothing in common with them, or you're not even able to like get the dates. You have to remember that like, just because it didn't work out with one person or 10 people or 20 people, like that's 20 people. You're trying to find the person to build a life with. And you might have to go through 100 people to get there. And you have to remember that like, you are looking for the right person not just any person. If you wanted to be in a relationship, you could find mm-hmm. someone who wants to date you, no problem. But they wouldn't necessarily be somebody who you love, who lights you up, who makes you a better person, who makes you want to you know, build that life together. And so it's a matter of realizing like, yes, dating is really difficult and has a lot of really high highs and really low lows. But as long as you're approaching dating, as like a learning experience, like that's the key thing. I think people think that their dating life is a complete failure when they're just single and it's not working out. Mm -hmm. And if you are looking at it like that, then yeah, you're going to feel terrible about your dating life. You're going to feel terrible about yourself. And I think we put way too much pressure on these dates. Like they have to go well, this has to be my person or we text for a while and we get our hopes up and then we get really let down when we meet them. There's no actual chemistry. And I think that's a really like wrong way to approach dating, because if you approach it like that, you're just setting yourself up for so much disappointment. And so Mm -hmm. I think trying to change your mindset to be like, okay, I'm going on this date. Will it go amazing? Who knows? Will it go terribly? Who knows? I can't control that. What I can control is that I want to have a good time and I want to learn something. That's the number one thing. Like you should be able to learn something from every single date. And Mm -hmm. if you learn something, the date is a win. And if that's maybe learning something about yourself, learning something about this other person and the place they came from, or this job that you're unfamiliar with that they shared with you, or a hobby that they have, a passion that they have, or you wanted to try a new restaurant and you were able to try something on the menu there that you were excited about. And you learned that you love this new type of food or this new place. Like if you learn something from each date, that's a win. And then if you have a good time on top of that, that's a bonus. And if it turns into another date, that's like the cherry on top. You know, you can't go into the date thinking like this has to go well because Mm -hmm. you're putting so much pressure on yourself. You're not going to live up to that expectation. They're not going to live up to that expectation. And you're going to set yourself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'll say is I feel like as we go through like our twenties, we're like, Oh my God, okay, now I'm 26. Like I need to meet somebody tomorrow if I want to date them for three years and then get engaged and then be married by the time I'm 30. And it's like, the more people I talk to, the more I hear that like dating gets better as you get older, because you know more about what you want. The person you're on dates with is more emotionally mature, emotionally available. They know more of what they want and you know more of like who you are and what's important to you. So Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you're running out of time because you're truly not. And at the same time, you're going to see people on social media, friends, like in relationships, getting engaged, getting married, seemingly like everything is amazing. A lot of those people aren't going to actually end up staying together. Mm -hmm. And so to make yourself feel like you're falling behind is you're really just doing yourself a disservice because you're not, and you're on your own timeline and you will meet that person when the time is right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think there's truth to the idea that when we stop looking, is when we find someone? Because I've heard so many stories of people experiencing that. Even, even myself within the relationship that I'm in now. Like, I was at the tail end of a previous relationship with an ex. Like, the relationship was totally over. We hadn't officially broken up yet, but we did. Like, the week after I met my current boyfriend, and like, while I was becoming friends with my current boyfriend that relationship ended. So I obviously wasn't looking for one. Do you think there's truth to that?
1: It's so funny that you ask this because I literally had like a 20 minute conversation about this, um, on a recording yesterday. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. I think there's some truth to it because Mm -hmm. a lot of the times when people stop almost like desperately searching, it's because they're becoming more confident in who they are and they're more secure. And they're like, okay, like I'm independent. I feel good about myself and I don't need somebody else. So I'm not going to be like desperately just like going on date after date, after date, trying to find someone. It's more so like you feel good about yourself. You're like, okay with where you're at. And you're accepting like, I'm me and I will find someone when the time is right. And when you then meet people, like they see that in you, they see that you like who you are and that you're not trying to make anything happen. You're just enjoying whatever's happening. And Mm -hmm. I think that ends up being what attracts somebody to you at the same time, you do need to put effort into your dating life in order to find somebody. So I think there's truth in the, in the part that I just mentioned of like, you're, you might stop looking because you're more accepting of your single self and Mm -hmm. you're more independent and you feel good about that. But at the same time, you do need to be putting in that effort and you do need to be going on dates. It just might not be the main focus of your wife and the main thing that you feel like you need at that point. But it's funny because I feel like we hear that phrase all the time. And like, I have friends who I hear, like they get engaged, they get married. They're giving speeches of like how they found each other. Like the second they stopped looking and we hear all this stuff and we see it on social media and stuff. And it's like my friends who have said that I'm, Thinking to myself, like, that is absolute bullshit. Mm -hmm. I remember the three other people you went on dates with the two weeks before you went on a date with this person Mm -hmm. who you were crying over and you were like, I'm never going to meet someone. Like, I need to find somebody. And then you met this person and you were looking. And it's like, people end up kind of like in their heads. They forget that, like the whole journey they were on to get there because they're just like, oh, well, I found this person. So like, nothing else matters, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, they kind of get like tunnel vision and exactly. they l- like the idea of saying, like, oh, I wasn't looking for anything. And then this yeah. just came into my life. So, yeah. And you're obviously a very high performing individual. You know, you do a lot, you have a successful podcast. So, how do you stay on top of everything and not get overwhelmed?
1: I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, definitely do not. Um, If you do, or if anyone listening does, like, please let me know. Mm-hmm. For me, my to-do list, like I live by, um, mm-hmm. that's something that I used to keep it in a notebook and then I had a wrist injury over the last like six months so I can't really write. So I just have it in like my notes on my phone. But like I fully live by my to-do list, and I try and think of like, okay, here are the things that I absolutely need to get done today. And then this other half of the list, these 15 bullets, if I don't get them done today, the world's not going to end. And so sometimes it's like, I don't get everything done. Most of the time I don't get everything done that I want to get done in a day, but I know like, okay, I can do those later. Those can wait. It's also really tough. Cause a lot of times with like the creative work that I do, which is most of what I do. Sometimes my brain doesn't want to be creative. Sometimes mm-hmm. I can't think of ideas. Sometimes I don't want to record videos. I don't feel like good about myself that day. I like want to work out and instead of like putting makeup on or whatever it may be. And I have to kind of say like, it's okay to not do everything all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard, but like we really have to remember to be easy on ourselves and like give ourselves breaks. And that's something that I am definitely struggling with and still like actively trying to remind myself of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nowadays. It's so hard to remember to give yourself a break and not get so overwhelmed by all the pressure to like always be performing. So do you have any books, podcasts, or other resources that you recommend people check out either on dating relationships or just things you really enjoy? (sighs)
1: feel like the answer is yes but i can't think of any <laughs> it's it's actually really interesting because i didn't listen to podcasts for a very long time even while mm-hmm. having a podcast because i was so afraid that i would end up like trying to be like other people mm-hmm. um and i did recently start listening to podcasts um i listened to uh tinks's podcast i like her a lot mm-hmm. um i don't always agree with what she says but i do think she has a lot of like wisdom to give and will mm-hmm. at, at least, even if you don't agree with the thing she says, she'll get you thinking about really good topics. Um, Logan Yeri's book, How to Not Die Alone is a great, great, great book and kind of guide for mm-hmm. learning how to date smarter. Um, hmm. Yeah,
0: that's about it right now. No, those are good. Those are good. Nice little takeaways. And where can people find you? Like your Instagram website, podcast, all that.
1: Yes. So you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts and you can follow along at seeing other people on Instagram. And I'm at Alana Dunn on Instagram and TikTok.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so great talking with you today. And I love everything you had to say. I know that this will definitely help a lot of people who are maybe struggling with their relationships or dating and even look up to you. And so thank you. Thank you. I hope so.